Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. This is the Music Buzz Podcast. The Music Buzz Podcast features candid discussions with and about those behind the scenes in the music business, including industry veterans representing the segments of musician, design, and live. All three Music Buzz podcast hosts have spent their careers working with the biggest names in entertainment and have been and are still a fly on the wall. Dane Clark as the drummer for John Mellencamp's band for over 20 years and various solo projects. Hugh Sign, a world-renowned graphic artist for the biggest names in music and the corporate world. Andy Wilson, an award-winning marketing and public relations executive with over 20 years of combined multi-level entertainment industry experience in the music and sports business. Now let's buzz. Hello and welcome back to the Music Buzz Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andy Wilson, along with Dane Clark. Hey, Dane. Hi, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm good. And also Hugh Syme. How's it going, Hugh? It's going well. Thank you, Andrew. How about you? I'm well. Thank you. So our guest today, uh, which we do this from time to time, is one of our own, Dane Clark. Welcome, Dane. Yay. Well, thank you very much. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. It's my birthday. Jeez, happy birthday, man. So Glad you're spending time with us. At 29 today, fellas. So well, again, You guys nice. are looking a little long in the tooth there, but I feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, it's all in how you feel. You know, it's not right. how you look. None of that. That's true. So I always kick this off with a little bio about our guests, so I'm going to do the same for you, just to you know, make you feel good before we start talking. Oh, man, about build me record. up. Build me up, Buttercup. Yep. So Dane is an Indiana native. He's been honing his instrumental skills for years on the drums, bass, guitar, keyboards, you name it. He also can sing, and he's a songwriter. I mean, that's pretty impressive. He's been the drummer for Rock and Roll Hall of Famer John Mellencamp since 1996. Before joining John's band, um, he was doing sessions all over town uh, for many years in the 80s and 90s. He's done a lot of interesting projects over the years uh, outside of the Mellencamp band. 
um, released a lot of his own records, shared the stage with some of the biggest names in entertainment, released a pandemic record called Dane Clark and the Backroom Boys, whose new record is also what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and he worked with a little bit of everybody, uh, everybody from John Sebastian to Steve Earle to the late, great John Prine, shared the stage with the likes of Dizzy Gillespie, Josh Groban, John Fogarty, and Sting, among others. And he's also done a lot of um, really cool projects with names like Donovan, who's on his new record, uh, Moby Grape and others, uh, Ian Hunter, etc., etc., and just been a, a really a, a figurehead and a fixture in the Indi Indiana and Indianapolis music scene for many many years so you know i know dane we give a, we give each other a lot of uh, a lot of crap on this show um, poking jabs at each other but i know i can speak on hugh's behalf as well we have a lot of respect for your um, abilities and um your work as a musician for sure so congrats to all your success well thanks andy you know that that would almost bring a tear to a glass eye what you're saying there yeah. <laughs> i really appreciate that and uh, man i knew i shouldn't have been so nice <laughs> no i appreciate that i really do yeah. So this new record that you put together, just listening to it over the last several days, because uh, you shared it with us, uh, it's really, really good. You managed to, to put together a really interesting list of guests as well, friends of yours, for this record. And you've got a pretty decent artist who did the, did the album cover as well. I'm not sure well, who did that, but they did a really good job. Um, you know, I, I, I contacted there. a lot of people, and <laughs> I just couldn't really find anybody for right. the last second. <laughs> 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 no, Hugh... Uh, he really kicked ass on the cover, and he did it. He did it very quickly. I want to start there because the interesting thing is, and this is a question for both of you, the, the title Memory Mile. So, A, where did that come from for you, Dane? And then B, Hugh, how did that speak to you with this cover that you've come up with, which is really, really quite staggering, which is not a surprise, but, but it is. Thanks. Well, I was inspired partly because, well, largely because it was Dane. A good title speak to me. I mean, I love a good title. The actual name Memory Mile came from, I had a song that Elliot Murphy and I wrote together a few years back. We did three or four songs. Broken Ladder, which came out in 2019 on uh, Rebel Town. But that's where it came from. And originally, I was, you know, you talked about all these guests involved. I was going to call this thing Collaborations. And then I realized that I wanted the song Memory Mile to close the record. And that's when I thought, well, really, almost all these songs have kind of tie into being a memory or, or a reflection on something or something like that. And, in, you know, not exactly, it's not a concept record, but uh, it just seemed to work really well. And as soon as I said Memory Mile to Hugh, then, I mean, it, it was the same day you fired back the artwork and it was like okay well we're not going to change that now right <laughs> uh, it's fabulous well, also a, one of the more airy tracks the more intimate yeah. tracks on the album which i really like and being a huge fan of leon billy Payne, and even floyd kramer you know there's some lovely piano stuff going on in there and all throughout this just an oversight on this deep dive that I did today, the, the arrangements are really good. I mean, the singing is in, impressive. The, uh, the vocal harmonies are, are very, very well worked out. Um, yeah, it's a very good album. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Great falsetto on Memory Mile. Is that you? That's Elliot. And we'll just start talking, even though that's the last tune, let's just start about that. Yeah. This is the title tune. The way I worked with him was I had germs of songs, like I think I had a verse in the chorus, and I sent it to him, and he sent it back. And actually, the hook line, 
he came up with and sent it back to me. It was, and we started it as a kind of a different tempo and it ended up being more kind of like an Elton John ballad or something the way that it is now. And you're talking about Elliot Murphy here. Just so I'm I talking about sure Elliot Murphy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so was he in Paris doing these things and emailing yes. them back to you? And yep. okay. yeah, yeah, we, we were, we were just emailing back and forth and uh, no, he, he just, he plays the harmonica and he sings that falsetto yeah. bit. And then you can tell when he takes over, like the second verse, his voice is very distinctive. What a nice guy. What a great writer. I mean, all you got to do is just get him started. And man, he just rolls with it. Yeah. And the uh, Leon Russell feel that you mentioned, that's Troy. Troy Kennett. Oh, yeah. He's playing my Hammond organ I've got sitting here in my studio. And that piano was at a studio up in Summitville. We specifically went up to do two or three songs that day. And that's why it's got that organic kind of a feel so yeah it's great it's a great track so let's listen to it um we're going to listen to the listen to bits and pieces of all these songs as we uh, as we talk through it but let's uh, let's kick it off and, and listen to uh memory mile here we go title track from uh, the new record Not the worst guy to be I left my life's discomfort Under that old oak tree When I fumbled with praying I held your trembling hand My restless heart Was tamed inside that golden band There were some troubled times Some dark and trying days Bumps in the road Along the way We never lost our faith Never forgot that vow To stay together through it all And just look at us now Yeah, here's to the best years I hope they're yet to come We've cried in the rain, girl Now let's laugh in the sun That was Memory Mile. Great track, Dane. Uh, congratulations again. Yeah. I, I got a question on Elliot. So your relationship yeah. there, how did yeah. you meet How did you meet him? I met him uh, after a Mellencamp show about 25 years ago. We were playing in New Jersey, I think it was. And if I remember right, I had already been a fan and Andy York had run into him. Maybe a few days before that, he had played somewhere, and he said, our drummer is a big fan of yours, and John Mellencamp is a big fan of Elliot's, too. So I met him after this show. We struck up a friendship, and we've been corresponding ever since. And on my first record, which came out 20 years ago, came out in uh, 2002, he wrote a nice blurb for that record. And about five years ago was when we collaborated on uh, a few songs, which I talked about Broken Ladder earlier, which came out, and then this one, and then we're still... There's another one that will come up on an upcoming release, and then one that we we have to get back to. But cool. uh, 
That's great. But just a great guy. I, I still listen to his records. We go back and forth. He's a big fan of my daughter, Abigail. In fact, that should be coming out soon. She did a version of his song, Just a Story from America, which I produced, which he's been in love with. And it's been sitting around for six or seven years, and he's always on me about And I finally, I sent him the masters. I said, man, go ahead. He goes, can I put it out for her? I said, well, sure, you know. So he's a, yeah. he's just a, he's a sweet guy and he's a hard worker. His new record, it's called Wonder. It just came out a month ago. It's fantastic. Loved it. I just listened to it last night. It's very, very good. Great artist. I'm always curious to know about musicians and really, you know, for all the times that we've talked and we've um, shared music and shared this particular podcast, I've never really asked you your, your process. When you go into the studio and you've developed the, the melodies and the essential direction of the song and so on, how, how locked down are those directions? Is that very much reliant on the band's jamming and influence, or do you have all kinds of pretty steadfast ideas in your mind how this thing should proceed? That also plays to the other question, how rehearsed are you, or, or how much of what you do is kind of spontaneous once they start rolling tape? Well, as far as being a, a drummer on the tracks, that's usually very spontaneous. I don't try to th try not to think about that too much. Yeah. But actually sitting down and writing the tunes, you know, I write some of them on the piano. You can kind of tell the ones that are piano based usually. Yeah. And usually everything kind of comes at once. I'll, normally I'll start with something. I'll have a title and, you know, I'll kind of write it all as I go normally. And, but a lot of these songs uh, on this record, I think there's maybe half or more, I've co-written with someone else. So those are all, uh, it just depends on, you know, each song, we can get into that, how each song kind of came yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, and I want to yeah. get into some of that now, and I'd like yeah. to focus, if we can, a little bit on the Donovan tracks. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that relationship and what and whatnot. But before we do that, I'd like to to listen a little bit to the first song, which is also the first video uh, for the record, uh, "Ricky Ticky Tavi." If we can uh, listen to a little bit of that and then uh, talk about the talk about the relationship with Donovan, let's let's hear that. Here we go. There it was, uh, Ricky Tiki Tabby. That's the uh, first song on the new record by Dane Clark, the one and only Dane Clark and the Backroom Boys, going through the whole new record, Memory Mile, on this podcast with our co-host Dane. So that one is the first song, as I mentioned, on the new record. It was a charting single for Donovan back in 1970. Yep. So I'd like to hear just your history of, of that of this song, you know, this song's over 50 years old now, and you really breathe new life into it. I mean, it's awesome. And, oh, thank uh, you. Uh, 
But talk a little bit about that, and then also kind of segue into the other tune, Worst Best Friend, sure. which features Donovan singing right. vocals. Well, I've always been a huge Donovan fan. You know, I was one of those kids that started collecting records, you know, at a very early age, six or seven years old. I was buying 45s. And, you know, I think I've got every Donovan record that was ever released. But no, I collected Don's stuff, and uh, I can call him Don because we're friends. And was just, I always thought he was a very overlooked songwriter as, uh, you know, by the time I was old enough to turn people on to Donovan, it was kind of past his period of having all those, I mean, when you think about how many hit songs he had before he was 21, it's really kind of unbelievable, actually. Yeah. So anyway, the record that uh, Ricky Ticky Tabby came from was called Open Road, and it was the most rocking, raw record that he ever did. And it's still probably my favorite because of that. It's just a four-piece band just rocking, and Donovan's the lead guitar player on it. He's the only guitar player on it, I think. I'm pretty sure. So anyway, flash forward to uh, 2005, and of course, when I got in John's band, as we you know we make records, we'll he'll reference people, and the band will reference people. Oh man, it's kind of got this kind of a vibe, and he would reference Donovan a lot because he's a big fan of Donovan as well. So he ended up recruiting Donovan to be the opening act on the. 2005 John Mellencamp tour and what was funny about that he didn't open actually he played in the middle so we came mm. out and played I don't really remember how many songs but maybe you know two two sets so maybe eight or nine and then Donovan came out and did his whole set and then we finished the show which was pretty unusual. We've never done anything like that before since. Was that John showing his respect? I think for it him? was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's yeah. that's why he did it that way. Yeah. And what a what an honor for me to be able to play some of my favorite songs that have ever been written and recorded, playing them live every night with one of my an icon here, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was just fabulous, fabulous tour, and we were actually on the same bus together, so we had some good times. We got to know each other really well. And uh, I ended up producing three tracks for a record called Ritual Groove, which came out in 2010. Hmm. There's actually a few more that are still kind of laying in the can that we might get back to one of these days, as was a song that we wrote together while we were out on the road. He said, I got this idea for this song. The keyboard player at the time, Michael Ramos, had a, I didn't have recording gear out with me back then, but he did. And he recorded uh, Donovan just kind of singing a cappella. He didn't have a key or anything. And I had a copy of that. I said, can I take that and maybe work on it? And he said, sure, yeah, do what you want to. Uh, surely enough, he was right in the key of G. Uh -huh. And I took uh, just an a cappella vocal and wrote the chords around it. And then I came up with the B section of the song. And we got together... A few years later, a couple years later, I guess it was, and he liked what I'd done, and he sang to that. At that time, I'd already had a track that I'd put together. So, and I don't think I've actually changed anything about that since that time. Right. So, worst best friends. So, that's been just kind of laying there waiting to happen. And about a year ago, Don and I touched base again. We hadn't talked for a couple of years, and he actually called me right after Charlie Watts passed. We talked maybe an hour and a half that day. And uh, it was really nice. And I had sent him Ricky Ticky Tavi, and he loved it. And I said, would it be okay to put out Worst Best Friend? He said, well, send it back to me. It's been so long. I can't even, I don't remember what it was like. Mm. And I sent it, and he goes, yeah, man, why don't you just, I said, can I put it on this record? He said, well, sure. Nice. 
let's stop for a second and listen to it real quick and then check um, it out yeah let's listen to worst best friend this is the uh this features donovan singing lead vocals best friend from uh, memory mile i love how on the mic and warm and compressed his and he still has that hurdy-gurdy vibrato mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when he goes yeah. up to that high stuff you can tell that robert plant used to listen to that when he was mm-hmm. trying to figure out to get his thing yeah you know that thing it's like yeah. okay, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. yeah i wonder where you got that mr plant no I, I that's such a great a great title though right i mean worst best friend it's funny when i when i first read that i was like that's so simple but I'm like, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. I don't think I have either. I mean, of course, you could Google it, and there might be somebody that... It, oh, maybe, it could have been a 1955 country yeah. song. Or it's something. like I've never heard that before. It's pretty wild. But uh, and then I started thinking of different people. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But what a voice the guy's got. And let me just talk. So uh, on that song, I played the banjo and the mandolin. I played a bunch of stuff on that tune. Acoustic and electrics. Andy York nice. played the that wah wah kind of George Harrisony stuff uh, on guitar. Sang, did great. Yeah. Eric Skull played the organ. Randy Melson played bass, and Scott Kemper did all the oohs and ahs. And the rest of the vocals, when people are actually saying words, that's uh, that's myself and Mr. Donovan Leach. That obviously plays to another thing I'm curious about. I know you are multi instrumentalist. Where did you start? Hmm. Was it the de rigueur piano lessons, or did you just find it your- was? Yeah. Yep. Uh, third grade, eight years old, yeah. piano lessons. I was actually, I, had to, I wouldn't call myself a prodigy, but she was very, she kind of went, man, this, I didn't really have to practice and whatever she gave me, I could do. I was just bored yeah. with piano. So bored yeah. that I would come home off the bus and I just tell my parents, yeah, I practiced the piano for a half hour right before you guys get home. And I'd just be watching yeah. TV and I'd see him pull in the driveway and I'd kind of sneak down and go over to the piano and start banging on it for a couple of minutes. So I didn't take it that seriously, but I did learn how to read music and I learned how to, you know, from Beatle tunes and Donovan tunes and actually Love and Spoonful songs, I learned how to make my way through chord progressions. Yeah. 
So that's kind of how it all started. I went from that to guitar and drums was actually last. Right. And what age were you when you did when you started guitar? Uh, about a year after that. So probably nine, ten playing the drums. Yeah. So the ne- the third song on the record is yeah. Magic Woman Eyes. I, I want to listen to that first, and then we'll we'll, we'll chat yeah. about it a little bit. So here's a uh, Magic Woman Eyes. I stop for gas in Ghost Town, Colorado, under the spell of the night. She walked up white cotton dress, swaying raven hair, shining in the moonlight. And I asked her if she was just passing through. Did she need a ride? Was she lonesome too? And she answered, yes, well, so shone through. Magic woman eyes, they got me hypnotized. And I know I'll never be the same. Strange love the friend, she blew in with the wind. Will she ride out with tomorrow's friend? All right, that was a Magic Woman Eyes. That's the third track on uh, Dane's new record, Memory Mile. So I wrote that with my buddy Jason Sturgeon. I produced his first record and that he had a lot of success with. That's me, 2000, gosh, I don't know, dating myself, 2010 or maybe 2012-ish. But anyway, we, we wrote a batch of songs a few years ago, and this was one of them. It seemed to end up being more of a Dane kind of a song than a Jason kind of a song. So I recorded it first. He may cut it also. But uh, I wanted a real rocker on there, something that was really kind of driving. It's just kind of a kind of a fantasy little song that, you know, could have been true or not. It's just kind of, I, sometimes I try to my, write songs that could be little movies or something. Mm. And uh, this is one of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what this song is like. It's like this guy runs into this girl and you're never sure if he's, you think he's really doing it or is he dreaming it or is it, what's exactly going on here? Yeah, some of my favorite songs are movies. Eleanor Rigby, Penny Lane. What sure. great stories those might be. Right, <laughs> you sure. Know? you got to keep an element of mystery about it, and that's what we tried to do there. Yeah. But then the, then the yeah. lipstick thing rolls out from under the seat, and you think, well, she had to have been there then. Yeah. But anyway, you got to listen to yeah. You folks have to listen to the song to catch all that. Uh, but let me thank uh, Dave Rowe, who uh, is a good buddy of mine. who sat in on bass guitar on that song. Uh, mm. He used to play with Johnny Cash plays with Dan Auerbach. He played with us when we did the uh, John Mellencamp, Stephen King, Ghost Brothers show. He was Mm -hmm. a bass player there. Troy Kennett played organ. Eric played all those cool guitar parts. And my old buddy Jack Taylor from high school sang background vocals with us. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And that's Eric Skull you're speaking of, yeah? Eric Skull, yes. Yeah. Now, Eric's a guy that's, uh, he's a name that's been around a while, especially in the Indiana music scene, but... You know, plays guitar, plays keyboards, can sing, and he can do like all kinds of stuff. Like he's masterful. Stuff. He's a he's a really skilled guy. I know you've uh, you've leaned a lot on him over the years, right? In different. He's been in my band now. We we always joke him since he you know before he had gray hair. Uh, he was <laughs> right. in my band. Well, I see, my be- people can't see me on the podcast. My beard was was dark before I we started doing. Before you started doing this, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, he. Uh, I think he's been there for 18 years, so I've known him that long. He's 
He's a great guitar player. He's a killer keyboard player. We actually collaborated on a song that'll be on the next the album that's in the pipeline, Dark Mood Jamboree, coming out next year. And he's just a he's a wonderful guy and uh, very happy to have him. Do you co-write with Eric? Well, we have not yet, but we just we did on on the next record on uh, the Dark oh. Mood Jamboree. I gave him a little snippet of a song and I told him to turn it, and you'll love it. I told him to turn it into something from Surf's Up or Pet Sounds, just one little phrase and chord progression. That's why it he's starts. got gray. That's why he's got gray hair. He's been waiting for twenty years to write a damn song. <laughs> he's been song. going finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally, he throws me a, yeah. a songwriting bone here. Right, exactly. Well, let's listen to Wrong Gone World. That's kind of hard to say. I got to be honest. It is. It was hard to even sing it. Wrong Gone World. I should say. Slow down a little bit. Here it is. That one was Wrong Gone World. Dan Clark, the Backroom Boys, very good. Tell us about that one, Dean. Yeah, well, that was actually written about the same time as the songs from Isolation record, maybe just slightly okay. after. Because it was that thing. It kind of has that feel to it a little bit. So yeah, I, mean, I guess that a, makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's another song like uh, uh, Magic Woman Eyes. It's another kind of a fantasy if you listen to the lyrics the way the story goes at the end you find out that the narrator was asleep and just woke up and went oh my god you know but you know how everything turned around in our world there a couple years ago so that's where that came from abigail kills it on this she sounds great and also the two of you together there was a blend there that was kind of really i don't know there's kind of a, almost a plant Kraus oh, interesting if we sing the same exact note and it's low enough on the horn for both of us, it almost sounds like one person. It's really bizarre. In fact, if you listen back to the second verse of uh, Ricky Tiki Tabby, she's singing with me, and I kept turning her up, but she's on there with me, and you can only hear her barely stick out. It's really kind of bizarre. So this song, too, I mean, as far as, you know, you've got a, a smattering of guests on here, but yeah. so you've got Abigail on here, right? Yep, Randy Melson on bass, Troy Kennett on all that real cool Wurlitzer and synthesizer stuff. 
And we set out to make this. I said, you know, I haven't done a fusion-y tune on a record for yeah. since my first record. And I did a couple of really cool ones on there. And I thought, it's it's time. So Eric played some great stuff and sang some great stuff. And John Harrington, who has been in Steely Dan, I think about as long as I've been in John Mellencamp's band. So maybe yeah. 25 years he's been playing. Mm-hmm. We haven't played together since for 30 years. So even though we weren't in the same room, I was really excited when he said, oh, man, I, I love that song. Can I can I play on it? Yeah, great. And I said, wow. well, yeah, and it's just like furious lead guitar. Yeah. So sure thank John for being a part of that. It's a standout song on the record for sure. I think maybe just for the fact that it, it is really different too um, amongst the, the lot, if you will. I was kind of set out and I think it kind of did it to like a cross between Steely Dan and the Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. Yep. It's uh, that's a fun one. Cool, 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 cool. Well, Eyes of the Child, you want to talk about that one for us? Yes. I wrote this... It was at the very end of the 2019 tour when I was, I do a lot of writing when I have my days off and I'm out on the road. I always have a guitar on the bus. I wrote two songs that day. One of them will be on the next record, but this is one that I wrote fairly quickly. Kind of all came at once. I probably touched up the lyrics later. I don't remember, but I knew I had to get my old buddy, Scott Kemper to sing with me. Uh, Scott's a wonderful musician from here in Anderson, Indiana. He's a great keyboard player, songwriter, singer. Uh, he's a guy that, when I was 16 years old, I went and heard him play uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and sing it on the piano flawlessly. Like, I just kind of went, well, I think I better go practice the drums a little bit. He's that good. He's a, he's a jaw-dropping wow. talent. So the other guest that I want to mention on here is Julie Skull, Eric's wife, okay, plays the yeah. violin on this. And Eric, actually, I'm going to give him a ranger's credit on this because he took the ball. I said, I want you to use all kinds of weird little instruments. He plays cello. He puts strings on it. He plays piano on it. Mm-hmm. All those little flourishes other than I put a little 12-string guitar on it. But uh, that was all Eric. So check it out. All right. Here it is. Eyes of a Child. In a young man's day If you're lucky the ladies are looking your way You try to be cool and you learn to be hard And you're never a fool or caught off your guard These years you'll remember when you're gilded and gray Time seems to stand still in a young man's day Gone, gone, gone another day Try to take just one more look as it's slipping away All right, there it was, Eyes of a Child, a great one. Again, a little bit of a different one as far as, you know, like we mentioned the previous song, standout track. I really like that one. I think that one was um, unique in and of itself as well. I love the lift at time code two minutes where it just becomes kind of a choir. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. The B section, I I remember I kind of had it figured out on guitar, but I had, or the chorus per se, I had to get to the piano to work out those bass moves on that. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, Scott had a lot to do with the, all those wonderful background vocals. So were those all off the floor, or was there, was there a mix of, of sample voice as well as real voice? No, there's no sample voice. That's all real voices. So thick as a choir. That's why I'm asking. No, it's just a lot of overdubs. It, that's one of those mixing uh, nightmares that I was glad to be finished with. Uh. <laughs> not, not not my favorite thing to have stacks of vocals but uh i did the best i could and uh yeah i was really proud of what everybody did what i was thinking at the beginning of this i don't know if you guys heard that but you remember lady jane by the rolling stones yeah. oh yeah you know mm -hmm. kind of had that little it's a sitar i think on the record but it had that kind of vibe to it that's what i was mm -hmm. going for. Anyway, yeah i always go back to that 60s stuff for inspiration so when i was looking down the titles when you first sent me the uh the link to listen to the record i mean worst best friend stood out the other one that stood out title wise to me was chevy hat i mean you got to listen to that one you know right away you got to scratch your head if when you don't know the whole line yeah it's like, yeah. yeah what is this one about and i know it also this one featured uh or features mark rivera uh from billy joel's band and ringo and so we had him on the podcast he was actually the first podcast for uh, we kicked off for 2022 great guy wonderful guy yeah my buddy tony burton came up and he wanted me to help him write a song right. and he said i got a title it's i'm a ford guy with a chevy hat and i said no if you're going to do the dichotomy here the you know it's it's got to be i drive a ford truck and wear a chevy hat and i said you know let me take that and run with it yeah so that's what i did and thankfully and he's got co songwriting credit but i knew where i wanted to go with it and i wanted to go i wanted to be funny mm -hmm. i wanted to be humorous so i went into warren zevon kind of a yeah, yeah. thing once i'd done that i realized you know i was thinking about excitable boy yeah it's got that saxophone and i thought if there's you know i don't want to get too deep into copying somebody's style but saxophone sure would be great on here mm -hmm. and uh who better than the best guy i know in the world to do that kind of a song and that's mark rivera so oh, yeah now i have a new metaphor a chevy hat in a ford truck whenever i felt awkward before my my go-to metaphor was brown shoes on a tuxedo <laughs> there you go, there you go same yeah. kind of a thing and it's yeah. like a guy that can't make any decisions he can't decide what he wants to do mm -hmm. uh, okay. so it's uh it's tongue-in-cheek but we it's meant to be fun and every time i've been out playing this song for about a year year and a half maybe and by the time the second chorus rolls around, everybody's singing it along with me. Mm. Yeah, so it's really that. easy to grab. You yeah. Know, yeah, grab a hold of. Well, it's so. real relatable and it's funny. Anytime you have all those elements, I mean, it's that's yeah. no surprise. And Mark Rivera, for those that don't know, who Mark is he plays sax on Sledgehammer, Urgent by Foreigner, and a ton of Billy Joel songs and a bunch of others. So I mean, he's he's, he's no one of those guys that you hear every day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and a great guy. Absolutely. Yeah, he's incredible. Okay, bumping along here past uh, Chevy Hat, Dream Motel. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Or actually, you know what? Let's listen to that one first, and then let's talk about it. I don't think we listen to Chevy Hat. Let's do this. Let's listen to Chevy Hat, and then roll right into Dream Motel, and then we'll talk about Dream Motel. There you go. Florida sun shovels Chicago snow My GPS keeps trying to tell me which way to go Usually eat too much, but I don't want to be fat I drive a Ford truck and wear a Chevy hat I'm only getting started when the party ends And I feel like a stranger hanging out with my friends I'm 
a mess of contradictions, I'll admit to that. I drive a Ford truck and wear a Chevy hat. A little bit of everything is all I can stand. I always do the opposite of what I plan. Just an old folk singer in a rock and roll band, that's me. Mister, if you got the time, I could use a friend called time. I'm broken, contemplating my next move. I said, Come on in, it's cold out there. Take off your coat, put down your hair. I'm a real good listener if you dare. I've got nothing to prove. She told me her life story, but A double dose of Dane right there with a snippet of Chevy Hat, which is awesome. Kaboom. And uh, the other tune there, the last one we just heard there, uh, was a Dream Motel. So tell us about this one. This is this yeah. Is well, one Dream too. Motel. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun one. It was meant to sound be like a Stones kind of something off Sticky Fingers, except no electric guitars. I played all the acoustic guitars on it. Nice. I wrote this with my buddy Fred Kohler. Fred co-wrote Angel Eyes with John Hyatt that was a big hit for Jeff Healy. Mm-hmm. With John Prine, he wrote Let's Talk Dirty in Hawaiian. Right. Uh, and he's written three or four other... Cat. He wrote a couple Kathy Matea number one hits 30-some years ago. Just a ridiculous lyricist and songwriter. And, and how do you know Fred? I got to know Fred years ago in Nashville, I believe from Larry Crane, the former guitar player in John Mellencamp's band. Mm-hmm. And I was in his band in 1990. And that's when I met Fred, because there was a batch of songs he had written with Larry. I went down to Nashville to record. And then, you know, we stayed in touch a little bit. And then Jason Sturgeon had written with him. I told him about Fred. And he had written with Fred. He said, he wants you to get a hold of him. So I ended up doing that. And we've written a bunch of tunes together. Nice. A bunch of them that came out on Rebel Town. I think four co-writes there. And Fred's one of those guys where you better have your phone charged up. And push that record on that sucker, because it's all going to roll out real quick. And have your pen, and here we go. And uh, <laughs> so, fun, lot, you yeah. know, it's really fun. And it's just you just hang on for dear life. Okay, Fred, I got you. It's like a roller coaster. So yeah, that's been Troy banging around on the piano and uh, playing accordion again. Dave Rowe, you know, doing his Bill Wyman thing there. So it's just a fun rootsy song. No, it's a good one. So there you go. Very cool. The next one is uh, called uh, "Divided Land." Let's have a listen to that one first, and then let's uh, let's talk about it. Jackass is an 
That was Divided Land from um, Dane Clark and the Backroom Boys from the latest album, Memory Mile. Here talking to co-host Dane today about it. And also should re-mention that Hugh did the album cover work on it. Yes, he did. Hugh, I will say this. I mean, obviously your work is is so well known. And um, I saw this artwork a, a while ago before I ever heard the music. And I think it just, it really, it really blends in well with the music itself. Thank you. Um, and sometimes that's not so important. Right. In this case, it does. Yeah, and sometimes those happy accidents happen. A lot of times I don't get the luxury of hearing music or looking at lyrics, but I just get a great title. And this was one of those great titles that just spoke to me. This album's a great achievement, um, and it's always a delight for me to be a part of a project that's as good as this and will be seen and heard by a lot of people. It's a happy accident that an elephant and a, a railroad track happen to be my uh, devices for memory and mile. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. So the song "Divided Land." Um, obviously, this one is a little more political in nature, but uh, you, you know, which uh, certainly relatable. You want to talk a little bit about that aspect, which I know you've never yeah. shied away from uh, political leanings or songs necessarily before. I got a political vibe, of course, but I also got that sense of optimism and that sort of lesson that the, the power of love overrules the love of power. You know, sure. I hate that this nation is so far apart. From each other you know we're so divided it's such a divided land can't we just not worry about it that much when we were kids like like i said in the song i never talked about politics ever we never no. even mentioned it and no, didn't care didn't care didn't care really until recently yeah i mean if so, i don't care if my next door neighbor's got a trump flag or a biden sticker it doesn't matter e either right. way it's, everybody what everybody wants to do is fine but why are we fighting about it why don't we come together and do some good for the world sure. for the country you know and that should be the way it is but it is the sad residue of the technology you give someone who either has the goods intellectually or doesn't you give them a soapbox to stand on worse still a megaphone they're going to mm. use it or abuse it and that's the problem with social media is it's given that device to the qualified and the unqualified you know the True. good the bad and the ugly it's all there you know what i compare it to which i know some generations of younger people aren't going to understand what the heck i'm talking about but remember in the old days we used to do a prank phone calls Mm -hmm. you know, those were so much fun, right? Because I did many of no, those. You, you oh, could yeah. hide behind the hide behind the phone, and nobody knows who it is. Say what you, you want got to say. You got Prince Albert in the can. Yeah, don't have to worry about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Is your refrigerator running? Better go catch it. You know, stupid yeah. stuff. But yep. you know, I, it's the same with that. Although today it has your name stamped on it, and it's out there right. forever. But yeah, I agree with you, man. I, and I applaud you for the song. It's a good tune, and 
um, along with all these others. And so you go from Divided Land, which I thought this was interesting as far as sequencing goes. You go from the song Divided Land into this really cool and, and personal song mm, yeah. uh, about your daughter, your oldest daughter, Emily Marie. Yeah. Obviously has some more Elliot Murphy fingerprints on it. Really cool song and really something you should be proud of. I'm sure she is for sure, but what a great oh, song yes. for her. And so Emily Marie, let's listen to that yeah. one real quick. Catastrophe Take this coat that I wore At my father's graveside He loved you with all of his heart Exactly like me So break out tonight Don't look behind you Wave a last goodbye And try to live free personal song about your daughter i would like to hear about the songwriting process on that one as well as well as the recording as well so i wrote a song for abigail my youngest daughter when she was so she's 25 i wrote abigail rose which came out on my first record when she was turning one and uh, that's always been the most requested song that i've written and it's a really good song i think and so i always felt weird about writing one for one daughter and then the other two don't have songs written about them so it was actually, I started the Emily Marie song about 10 years ago, could have been, it was when she was in college and moving away. And I knew that it was weird that here she goes, she's, you know, things are going to change. I didn't want it to be a real sentimental kind of a song, even though it's, it still is because it's about my, my daughter who I love so much. So anyway, I wrote it and I wasn't quite happy with it. When Elliot and I were doing this stuff, I said, man, I got this song that, I don't know, I got just a couple little, you know, will you just look at it? And I swear I sent it to him, and he sent it back, and he changed like maybe six words, but it made all the difference. It's like, it's, it's and I can do that with other people's songs too, but sometimes you're so close to it, yep. it's hard to do, like the very first line, the night falls quick like a drunken dancer. I think it's a great line, but I didn't have quick. I was, I don't remember what I had, but he went, oh no, quick. And how great, like a, you know, oh, boom. Yeah. You know, so uh, there's two or three other little places in the song that he added those touches that made it what it is. Yeah. And I'm really proud of it. And, and Emily loves it. So there you go. I think it's cool that you let somebody else into that space to do that for you. Because I think that when you're writing a personal song, poem or something about somebody that you do care about so much i think the tendency might be to you know this one's mine you know i got this right nobody else can nobody else can uh say it the way i need to say it kind of thing i think it's it's cool that you also kind of 
you know, open the door up to somebody else's interpretation a little bit and let them. Yeah, well, do that. and That's I was kind of knocking. I mean, it's a good person to have. Well, yeah, he's he's course, pretty yeah. decent with lyrics. So you know, I was kind of <laughs> yeah. just banging my head against the wall just a little with just there's just something there's a couple things that need to be tied in here, and I was too close to it to finish it myself. I think. Yeah, there's a happy balance when you're writing a personal song. I got to imagine. Yes. Kind of towing the line between being too, you know, coming off as exactly. corny or something, yep. right? And you know, corny can be okay, but corny is not really cool. Right. So, yeah, that's cool. No, it's good, great Thank song. You. Lines like "She Loves You," which did quite well for the Beatles. Um, while those seem like pretty pat lines, they really do shine in "Baby Girl." When those come in, it's clearly my favorite part of the song. The chord, the melody, just the way that fits in the song is is beautiful but if you isolate those phrases they could sound a little saccharine a little corny um case in point andy you know but this was really well rendered in this this song baby girl yeah the thing that stood out to me with that song is that you put the word still in front of my baby girl which i think is maybe one of the most sentimental parts of the record is just the title itself because that's never going to change that's right, right? Even though she's so. marrying this guy, that I'm actually singing it to her husband to be here in a minute or two. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I saw that in the press release. So, so you got up at the wedding and sang this song. Man. Not at the wedding itself. It was at the reception. Oh, the reception. Okay. So, what was that like? Uh, that was a rough moment. <laughs> Playing oh, in front of forty thousand people at Farm Aid's one thing, but having to do that, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was shaking, man. It wasn't easy. <laughs> no. You were like, you're doing Elvis oh, up there. Man, you didn't I didn't know right? what I was doing. But uh, <laughs> I had to do it. I wrote it for. And, uh, and oddly enough, uh, Still My Baby Girl was another song that I thought, you know, there's a couple things I want to say here that I'm not sure I'm saying right. And I write with this, uh, this lady, Ant Antoinette Olson in Nashville. And again, she barely changed anything, but she changed a couple of things in the last verse was what she did that made yeah. it uh, i said thank you that's all i needed to help me with this i could have sat around for mm. another week and figured it out but i didn't need to we wrote three songs that day and i said can you just listen yeah. to this i wrote this for my daughter it was right before the wedding so uh anyway she helped thank you Antoinette, who's mm. a great songwriter and uh but yeah it was uh i don't think anybody's ever written a song i mean a lot of guys will You've heard wedding songs to, to your daughter, but this is to the, it's also kind of to my son-in-law going, okay, she'll be your wife, but she's still my baby girl. So you, I'm keeping right. my eye on you. I've got my right, eye right. on you, Ross. Don't ever forget it. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Congratulations on a great record. Thank and, you very um, much. I appreciate it, you guys. Really good record. Yeah. Really cool collaborators and uh, congrats to that. And Thank you very much. So we're going to close the show. It's been a special show, um, focusing on uh, Dane Clark and the Backroom Boys' brand new record, uh, Memory Mile, artwork by Hugh Syme, and uh, congratulations uh, on the record. And this is uh, this song is the actually not the last song in the record, but it's the last song we're playing. It's oh, I want to thank. Uh, Go ahead. While we're doing that, Larry Franklin played the fiddle and the the mandolin on that. Okay. He's a Nashville. Yeah, I was going to make the comment that when I listened to the mandolin, it had that really hot presence in the mix, like Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's by Elton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That was all my licks. The the bridge part you're talking about. Yeah. The licks that he's doing. I just yeah. sent him my fumble fingered version of it. And I sang all the backgrounds on it because then it did get too personal. And I could have had more people, but that's just me singing with myself. Nice. Hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. 
Well, let's listen to it. Still My Baby Girl. We're going to end the show. And uh, congrats, Dane. And uh, we'll look forward to, to more music down the Thanks, road. Thanks, fellas. For more information on Dane and his music, go to daneclark.com. Correct? Yep. Visit him on there. Follow him on all the social channels as well. Um, and then go grab Memory Mile. It's out there everywhere. You you know, you listen to music, stream music, Apple, Spotify, um, you name it. So go out there and give it a listen. Give it a like. Share it with your friends. Enjoy. All right. Thanks, guys. That's my girl, I'm proud to say Standing by your side today I kept her safe, I watched her grow Now today I'll have to let her go I would die for her, it's true Now I expect the same from you Protect her in this changing world She'll be your wife, but she's still mine It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.